Our guests want big tips, so you are the host. Also, the company will provide you with high heels and protection. Also, keep your hands away from your ass when working, unless it's an emergency. If something looks old or spoiled, serve it to one of our guests. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking. 48 minutes of dog barking. What age did you, hey, Jason? Jason, what age did you see Pink Flamingos? I want to say it was 16. It was my friend Dave. He was the he was the punk guy, the guy yeah. who was really cool. I think it was at his house on VHS. I think it was uh, that was when I saw Pink Flamingos. Similar story. I have a friend. I have a friend uh, in high school. I want to say I was probably 15 or 16. And he was all into the transgressive media. Oh, sure. He, he had like the Nine Inch Nails, like big box set from the oh, 90s. Oh, had yeah. like shit where like, you know, like someone's in like a torture thing and like the first thing he gets destroyed is their genitals. And yeah, all this, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it, the Halo stuff or whatever. Yeah, it was one of those ones from the broken fixed uh, yeah. duology, whatever that was. Yeah, this is a guy that like dropped out to like watch reruns on Comedy Central. Reruns of what though? That's what I got. Um, <laughs> he was he was the guy that had like all the tapes of Upright Citizens Brigade. Oh sure, and a couple other shows. But he was like very much in the Mister Show, mm-hmm. uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. But he had a a sister that would drive him when to places, and we went to I don't know maybe it was Vintage Vinyl or something. And he's like, oh, dude, Pink Flamingos got a fucking score on this. And he's like, so we bought it. He knew what it was all about. Right. Because he was cool and I wasn't. I still think about like the end scene, uh, the guy with the asshole. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that in in Divine eating the dog shit. Yeah. Kill everyone now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love me some John Waters. Did you ever see Dirty Shame? No. You know something I didn't notice about John Waters? Yeah. He's gay. No fucking way. I know. I thought. <laughs> I thought the pencil mustache was like a birth defect, but no, it's like that. <laughs> it's just like a birthmark just on the top of his head. <laughs> it's like a, a cleft lip. Yeah, yeah. It's 48 Minutes of Dogs Marking. My name is Jason. This is Brian. Welcome to the show. Shoot us an email. When was the first time you saw Pink Flamingos? 48 Minutes of Dogs Marking at gmail.com. You know, let us know or give us a call 314 246 9766. Let us know when you saw pink flamingos well brian it has been a week on the old internet yeah a lot of, lot of dead palestinian children uh in my yeah feed. not great not yeah, great not, not yeah great. you know I, I made the observation that you're like you know what i got really handed to israel they said you know what rotten.com's gone but we'll, we'll do something <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get back we're gonna, gonna, they yeah. brought it back I did not think they were going to make it happen, but like, yeah, it's just like my Twitter feeds, like people being mad about like virtue signaling and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then it's just like, oh, it's just like some, some dead children. Cool. It's just like scrolling, like not even trying. Yeah. A man walking in the street, crying pathetically as he has a, tr- you know, like a, a Walgreens bag full of like 
a, a family member's body parts because that's all that's left. And you're like, cool, cool world we live in. Yeah. Just like really fucking sick. Like these people, that person never got to see the third Dune trailer. <laughs> Sad. That is a tragedy. Uh, uh, amongst all the other stuff, that that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Twitter's been having its own problems lately, Brian. You and I discussed this before the show started. This issue only happened for like a little bit earlier today as of recording on December 13th. But according to the Associated Press, their big story was Tesla recalls nearly all vehicles sold in the U.S. to fix system that monitors drivers using autopilot. And right around that time, Twitter, suddenly, web traffic from Twitter to that Associated Press article was uh, resulting in broken links. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. That's hmm. funny. And it's the most ridiculous, like, early web 404 page, too. It says, this page is down. I scream. You scream. We all scream for us to fix this page. We'll stop making jokes and get things up and running soon. Uh, so this wow, like, that fucking sucks. sucks. I miss, I miss the, uh, like the real fail bad. whale. It's real bad. I, I got to the link just fine, but the timing was really weird. The timing yeah. was real weird. It is really is funny that almost every single Tesla is being recalled. Yeah, that's not good. It's bad. <laughs> and uh, Miles Klee, uh, mm, I think, mm-hmm. had a piece that he just wrote for the Rolling Stone former guest probably mm-hmm. a guest again of the show if, 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 if we if we play our cards right if play, I, I gotta keep watching the sopranos exactly he i think just published a piece about how tesla owners are mad that tesla wants to uh make their cars more safe is, is that it is that that's why it the mad? tesla drivers are mad <laughs> that the government wants their car their cars to yeah, be more god safe, forbid Fuck. which is incredible fucking that sounds like every <laughs> tesla owner i've ever known it sounds like a joke it sounds like the beginning of like and tesla owners do it no it's see, probably see, real the, yeah. I, and i've been in a tesla and i've yeah. watched someone do autopilot yeah. It's not that impressive. It actually kind of sucks. Right. Like you look around the build quality of a, a interior of a Tesla. Yeah. Particularly a Model 3. Yeah. And I think about like the shitbox Nissan my dad bought in the early 90s just mm. so like my sister would have something. Yeah. Each door probably weighed five pounds. Like just like nothing to it. That's how a Tesla feels. But the thing is like a Tesla is like a, you know, is a is an expensive ass car. I was going to say, yeah. And it's also so poorly engineered that it's, not light like that but like mm. when you close a door it feels like empty mm. like the, is not a well-built or well-engineered vehicle but i was like thinking before i came over here because i saw that miles posted this on twitter mm. i was thinking like the only reason i would want autopilot in a tesla is like to do something that is otherwise very hard to do in a car while driving while actually you know with a hand on the steering wheel steering wheel and i was thinking like you know what I would totally be down with autopilot if it also meant that my car had like its own built in like rotating kebab. <laughs> I was just like thinking that would be so. Th- that, yeah. I could just like shave off some yeah. meat. And a little pita warmer on the right exactly, side. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like that would be like. The, but then you got to start thinking about tzatziki dispenser and all of the, you know, yeah, it's, it's you know keep stuff it simple up, first. Yeah. The first ger- the first generation of this technology. <laughs> Let's not get too ambitious here. Sure, sure. But I was just thinking like rotating kebab <laughs> meat. Yeah, the peel warmer. <laughs> yeah. Instead of instead of uh, the lighter. I could get behind that. I could yeah, get like that. that. Like, but this is just like to be like, <laughs> look, my my car like 
I don't have to touch the wheel. Right. And like, yeah, and you're still going to like be going slow in the left lane. Or you're going to like run over someone's dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not good. Immediately, my mind went to, well, yeah, you got to have uh, full self-driving if you want to get sucked off in your car. But that's just because... <laughs> Why else would you buy an expensive car if not to show it off and also to then get sucked I mean, off? That's like a genre of of porn on Pornhub. Oh no, I'm aware. You don't have to tell me. The first car for sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you could get an endorsement from like I don't know Riley Reed or somebody. You know, just like really uh, Lisa good. Ann, Lisa Ann, Samantha 38G. <laughs> that's a deep cut, boy. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Well, speaking of porno, Twitch has been cracking down on porno. Or what it thinks is porno. Yeah, what it thinks is porno. That's what really fucks me up. So this courtesy of Dick Serto, who I don't usually read, but I saw this video, I follow them on Twitter, and Morgapie is one of these Twitch streamers who does what they refer to as the topless meta. If you're not familiar with Twitch terminology, people who stream on Twitch often refer to the ways to get money or the ways to get views or the ways to get streams as the meta game because it's the, the right. you're kind of gaming the system. And so there was the hot tub meta uh, like a year or two ago. There was a few other metas that they were referring to. Well, this new meta is essentially you're wearing a tube top, but your angles are just right. Right. So it appears you're topless. It's like you're bare chested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, according to Morg Pie, who was banned for the practice, she doesn't actually uh, do topless on this. And, and we can see from this 48-second uh, video here. And pants! Hip hugger jeans, but still. Uh, Virginia Glaze at Dexterto continuing on in this particular uh, article. The new meta is taking over Twitch, which, again, I, I referenced. Uh, this recent strat shows female streamers seemingly topless with the camera cutting off, right? The topless meta was recently a popular by this user, Morgpie. Yeah, she was uh, banned. And then the me the message is, this channel is currently unavailable to a violation of community guidelines or terms of service. So it doesn't list what specifically she did wrong. Of course, community guidelines prohibit female presenting individuals for showing breasts with exposed nipples unless they're breastfeeding. Which I feel Weird. Like that could feels be like a exploited yeah. race smuckles right this. <laughs> Unless they're sitting on a cake. A lap dance is not... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, dog, is this what's going on? Because that's exactly what I'm seeing here. <laughs> uh, here's another uh, video courtesy of Dick Serdo. They're, they're, they're saying, what's going on at Twitch? If she's not topless in this video, it is a very, very, very low-cut tube top. I will, I will give you that. Because yeah. definitely, there's a bounce happening. She's got her hands behind her, her head. Um, yeah, that's maybe even pasties. You know what I mean? Like there, there might sure. not even be a risk of an exposed nipple. But the the point is that like it looks enough like it to where I can kind of see what Twitch is talking sure. about. Sure, but also like it's fine if you're an adults only streamer. I yeah, don't know, if it feels weird, it feels like the TikTok thing where people have to avoid saying certain things. Yeah, or like how Nick Mullen. <laughs> Oh only, yeah! Only got banned. He, he, you know, he was like, "Well, if I only do one eye." <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the people at home, explain that one because I don't even so, remember the full context. So Nick Mullen, uh, notorious 
funny man Nick Mullen had a tic- his uh comedy special You're the yes, Dragon You're is the Dragon fantastic yes the the bit about the no tuck yeah perfect yeah <laughs> yeah because I also had the thought about like well who's look who's bragging yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, I guess it's not no tuck, but like a tuck. It's the uh, bikini bottoms made for tucking, so it's got like a tuck. Exactly, slot but like, I wouldn't have that problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, me uh, neither is what I was neither. gonna say. <laughs> I was. Anyways, I was coming anyways. back with solidarity, but you, yeah, jump the gun a bit. Gosh, anyway, I mean, anyway, so Nick Mullen, he had a TikTok account for a while, and apparently was constantly getting his stuff taken down one of them was putting his fingers at the outside edge of his eyes Uh and uh pushing upward and back (laughs) Um, which some people might say is offensive to certain folks on the other side of the world Uh uh-huh and so um when he was allowed to post again on tiktok he did one where he's like he's just like is looking at the camera goes what if i just did one (laughs) Thankfully, I saw that before it was taken down because, yeah, I, I followed him on TikTok as well. Yeah, his, the TikTok compilation YouTubes are great. The, oh, yeah. The Vine ones are also some of my favorites. I, you know, I never knew he did any, anything yeah. on, on Vine. Uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to take a look yeah, at it yeah. after that. Yeah, I mean, like this video you're showing here, you're like, yeah, if she's wearing like a tube top or like a... For science, I'm going to play it again because... Uh... <clears throat> for science, yeah, yes. Yeah, for science. Because there's... Um... Well, uh, look, she's a well-endowed woman. That's that's number she's one. She's very uh, uh, chesty. Yes, voluptuous, uh, Rubenesque. Rubenesque, like the sandwich. Yes, uh, she's got Thousand Island everywhere. But yeah, I mean, it looks like she's kind of oiled up, and then she put yeah, the putting the hands behind the head and then bouncing left and right is definitely that's you know what that's supposed to look yeah, like, like or or mean, you know. Not prude here, but like I feel like um, with how aggressive these platforms can be with yeah. censorship for things. I feel like I feel like putting the hands behind your back or behind your head and 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 jiggling is oh man, that really is scurrying the line. Yeah, she's going up to the line and figuring out what it is and apparently she fucked around and found out and got yeah. a ban. So while it might be titillating She's right. There's no nudity in it. You know There's what I mean? No like it's it's implied. It's really in all the grand scheme of things, uh, not that bad. If no. There's any, is if there's any way to find it objectionable, like, like considering the things I've I've seen on Twitch, right? Or heard about being on Twitch, like this is pretty tame. You know, she yeah. didn't say like and subscribe to PewDiePie before <laughs> lighting up a synagogue, right? With implied yeah. nudity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That would have gotten her a ban for sure. For me, it was like, okay, you know, hot tubs and beaches, which people took to the extreme, by the way. I thought that was actually kind of funny how yeah. far some people would take it. They have like inflatable kiddie pools and be like, no, it's the hot tub med, I swear. And just go, going a little bonkers about it. And, and look, boobs are going to sell. That's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is a platform where you're going to come right up to the line. It's going to happen. <laughs> you're on Twitter. Artistic nudity is trending. Yes, exactly. It's uh, it's definitely an art form to avoid the censorship and still do what you're doing. I got no problem with it. Yeah, it's whatever, man. Like, you know, uh, 
consenting adults and right. free association or whatever. Like, God, it's just like in, in the, the scheme of things of what can be found on the internet, that's right. so tame. She's not even like crushing like a bird or anything. Like, <laughs> she's not lighting she's not, a kitten on fire. She's not puking into a uh, Sunday glass. Exactly. Putting in some van- uh, a scoop of vanilla. Right. And then eating the slurry with a with a spoon. <laughs> you know, like. The, the, sorry that that image is because didn't we didn't we do one the, of those yeah, for the, shocked uh, okay the human uh, the human milkshake or whatever or the yeah. human uh smoothie yeah 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 that was pretty good that was pretty good all right so the <laughs> artificially produced broccoli I'm Bill Gates yeah so you're gonna you're gonna eat the twitching broccoli and you're gonna love it and you're gonna own nothing <laughs> eat the bugs and yada yada yeah. yada yeah eat the twitching broccoli <laughs> so I found this one in the wild. This is a verified user on Twitter, which again doesn't mean anything nowadays. It just means that guy has eight bucks. The user Jack Straw at Jack S T R and then a bunch of numbers. So you already know quality content incoming. So the the, the tweet is Bill Gates's artificial products, broccoli, an artificial plant produced in laboratories. It is one of the products that Bill Gates calls healthy. And attached to this is a video of what appears to be. A florette of broccoli uh, twitching. Like one of those uh, soda cans you would see at Sears in like the early 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dancing to... Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just... Na, 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 na. <laughs> I feel good. Yeah. The uh, doctor, the professor said, don't let soccer mummy get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little research and I found out that it, this wasn't just um, somebody fear-mongering. This actually is an art project... From someone who goes by the name Providing for the Community at Providing4TH1. This is one of their videos, and it is a it's a fake, obviously. It's a mm-hmm. it's a bit of an art project. They got this little broccoli wiggling uh, like a little worm. Russell Russell Cameron. Russell Cameron, thank you. I got my glasses on and everything. And and yeah, it's just it's this looping video of, of someone injecting something into a piece of broccoli and the broccoli freaking the fuck out. Some some paranoid conspiracy minded person immediately went, "Oh yeah, that's what Bill Gates wants you to eat forever." Yeah. How do you get from one to the? Because like it, the the video has the at providing for the community user embedded in the video. <laughs> A simple look at what you're sourcing would tell you that this is bullshit. This is an art project. Somebody's fucking around with you. I think this individual here, this Jack Straw, is uh, uh, maybe being disingenuous. You'd think? Yeah, maybe. You think someone is going to go on Twitter and lie? I know. It's uh, it's a real dark thought, Whew. but I'm a yeah. pretty dark person. Unheard I'm pretty, of. I'm pretty twisted. Uh, at the time that I took the screenshot, which was earlier, a couple days back, uh, it was sitting at 2,000 reposts. 991 quotes, most of them dunking, but 4,611 likes and 1,500 bookmarks. For the perverts. For the perverts. <laughs> I want to see that broccoli wiggling. Show it I to me. I want people to know that I uh, liked it. <laughs> right. I want to be able to pull that up privately later. Yeah. It's in culture. Some, this one was fun. I came across this just purely at random. Apparently, this happened a couple months ago, but I didn't see this. This was back in uh, February. This came out February 21st. YouTube main post posted a video of a Catholic priest wearing a baseball cap and a gold chain rapping during a church service. This, according to Know Your Meme, 
and their article under German Priest Rap. The tweet I saw this week was, Me, German Priest, you have to stop. You smoke too much. Your swag too different. Your bitch too bad. They'll kill you, German Priest. Bunt gemischt ist unsere Kirche. Ey, das ist voll fett. Schlecht scheint zwar der Ruf von Kirche, doch hier sind sie nett. Mancher schimpft und klagt und findet Kirche voll daneben. Und will sich den frommen Schein darum auch gar nicht geben. Oberflächlich schaut so mancher nur von oben runter. Dabei sind hier in der Kirche alle doch recht munter. Viele sind voll engagiert, nicht bloß hier zum Chillen. Statt Bling Bling lebt mancher seinen Glauben mehr im Stillen. Doch heute wird es laut und dieser Beat verkündet allen. Gott verändert Leben und das soll ganz laut erschallen. So we're supposed to put who where? <laughs> oh man, that's how, that's a thousand years you said. Yeah. <laughs> I had a translation of it somewhere. But it's essentially saying that like it doesn't matter how we deliver the sermon, we could do it in a rap. It's not terrible. No, and, and he, he got a good beat. He's he's definitely flowing uh, like a maniac. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying the German priest rapping. A lot of people on Twitter apparently are too. So there's I like how interest over time apparently yeah go it, back go, go go back down there yeah apparently in uh, early 2004 oh yeah there must have been some other German priest rapping. German priest rap. <laughs> Okay, now I maybe maybe it was still. people maybe it was people in Germany really getting into the rap of kill a priest. Oh man, that'd be fun. Hmm. Hmm. That's the first result is for a German band called Umf, and their their single Augen Auf, uh, eyes open, an industrial band. The first release under the Gun label. <laughs> Nothing about priests in here. Okay. Well, anyway. Anyways, what we got next? The German priest. Wow, that was wacky. Kind of a two for here. Uh, <laughs> Ads on Twitter are getting going fucking crazy. So this one is no underscore goblins. Taddy Mason posting this. Just got this ad for a device that steals semen from a discarded condom so you can inseminate yourself without your partner's consent. Great website. <laughs> Make a mom is the, the name of this. Make a mom.com. Right? Make a mom.com. That's insane. Yeah. Boy, I bet the WikiLinks guy is furious about this. Oh, I bet. <laughs> that did take you a second. It took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the username in question says, gets you pregnant at make a mom. And the post is just, don't need permission. Made my decision. This and the silent basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, it's the perfect thing. Like, you buy the silent basketball so he's distracted. And then you get in there like an IDF soldier and jack his sperm. <laughs> so apparently this is made specifically for retrieving the sperm from a used condom, as it shows in the in the little uh, picture here. Uh, the used condom looks like a piece of... French vanilla ice cream? The used condom is sitting on top of like a towel or something. Oh, okay. I understand it now. This is very abstract. It's a screenshot and it's also kind of blurry. But yeah, you don't need his permission. All right. (laughs) Cool. That's why I would only swallow mine like I was a a drug mule. I'm not letting my seed go anywhere I don't need it to. One of the comments here is uh, at City G. This is why I always run outside immediately after and bury mine like a dog. <laughs> Amazing. Well, and then we got another one, another ad, uh, th- this one here. Robden Blaker. 
Co-creator of Sinai and Happiness. Okay. He posted this. The user at BaitWorld, B-A-T-E, world, tired of cutting holes in your pants? <laughs> These Jack and joggers have a zipper specifically built for jacking. Comfortable, convenient, covert jack-off pants. Hashtag J-O pants. <laughs> J-O pants. Sign the J-O crystal. You got to charge them up. <laughs> and then J-O pants.com. So. Go away. I'm baiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bait world. When, uh, well, listen, <laughs> when you feel like you're not getting kicked off that public bus quick enough. You got to hurry it you gotta, up. Yeah. It's fucking. You, when people know this. Hey, this motherfucker's got to get off. This. Yeah. I don't care about being late to work. This guy, I cannot have <laughs> him on the bus. Get him out of here. Yeah. Well, and the last thing I got for you, Brian. At Dajal underscore gaming, the Kyrgyzian Liberation Front. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm going to try. Found out an IDF veteran from Long Beach who named himself Barack Obama Mandela and is running for Senate as a Republican. He also wrote this book, which is probably the greatest work of fiction from the 21st century. The title of the book, Brian? A Black Hitler. Black Hitler. Uh, Kobe LeBron <laughs> Goebbels conquers America. And so on the left here mm -hmm. below the title, yeah. there is an American flag with swastika stars in the shape of a swastika. Right. And on the right is in like the, the German eagle, the, mm -hmm. Reich, the thing on top of the Reichstag. Right. And then the middle is a very poorly uh, edited image of a African-American man <laughs> who may or may not be Denzel Washington yeah. uh, with a AR-15 in a suit. And, and then down below, under the author's name, again, Barack Obama Mandela, this is a collection of five books carefully packaged together. The Prince of Auschwitz, Songs of Anne Frank and Me, that's one book, Black Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, The Black DSM, <laughs> that's two third book birth of the black m&m greatest rapper alive <laughs> and the fourth book the immaculate collection assorted writings of a creative soul which i think immaculate collection isn't that a madonna didn't they it was a Something compilation like album. That? Yeah. that's just there's a lot going <laughs> on a lot here happening and they said five books unless prince of auschwitz and then songs of anne frank and me are two different books it looks like it actually might be because i thought prince of house which was and then it was colon songs of anne frank and yeah because that really sounds like a much more interesting that would definitely be a very more interesting book <laughs> but yeah the the black dsm <laughs> I, i'm so curious what this stuff is like i do kind of want to read it yeah Kobe LeBron Goebbels Conquers America is a fucking banger of a subtitle, no matter what the <laughs> title of your book is. I don't care what actually is in the book. Well, I guess, you know what? Um, actually, I, we figured this out. I think oh. it really is the Prince of Auschwitz songs of Anne Frank and me, mm. because wouldn't the first piece be Black Hitler? Black Hitler, Kobe LeBron Goebbels Conquers America. That's book I, one. I still think the Prince of Auschwitz songs of Anne Frank and me that feels like a mild self-indulgence song. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Or like or maybe like the left rights. Yeah, well it's, that's probably closer to you know, it's probably closer to true, but fuck. I've looked at this a couple different times today and I find something new every time I look at it. Yeah, it's just it's just it's like a magic eye. Tapestries of wonders. All right. Time for the cryptos. So now now we're talking about the real black M&M. <laughs> 
There we go. <laughs> now we're talking about the real black Eminem. That's right. It's Crypto Scam of the Week time. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. Well, you know, we talked about CZ. Mm-hmm. He can't leave. He can't leave. CZ, uh, CZ, no leave. CZ is stuck burn, here. Burn, burn, burn. Yeah, 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 yeah. CZ's not going anywhere. He wanted to go to the UAE, but no. Seattle said no. And then uh, Montenegro said, uh, Do Quan, you got to go back to the U.S. for extradition. That's right. Cointelegraph reporting here. CZ must stay. Do Quan to be extradited. CZ's stuck in the States till February. Right, because he's a flight risk. Mm-hmm. And then Letitia Jones, we've referenced her before, mm-hmm. uh, accepted CZ's plea on one count of Bank Secrecy Act violations, which that was about two weeks ago. Uh, and then he agreed to the $4.3 billion settlement with the U.S. agencies. And now he might be going to jail for about a year and a half, 18 months, it says. And then it says, meanwhile, Terraform Labs co-founder and former CEO Do Kwan might be extradited to the United States. So this isn't set in stone, but it feels like it's right. So the Minister of Justice in Montenegro basically said, yeah, U.S. wants to extradite this guy. Sure, we're going to go ahead. So he was arrested in Montenegro back in March, and I think we covered it on this on this show, and sentenced to four months in prison for using falsified travel documents. But then the U.S. charged him, South Korea charged him, all this stuff about Terraform Labs. Kind of is coming back to bite him, so we'll we'll see what happens to Do Kwan. Wall Street Journal even got in on this. Yeah, so Montenegro's top justice official has privately said he plans to send Do Kwan to the U.S. rather than South Korea to face criminal charges. Both U.S. and South Korea want him. They want him yeah. so fucking bad. <laughs> and and uh, and it was Terra USD and Luna, wasn't that the the big yep. thing for them? Yep, forty billion dollar crash. That's so amazing. Oh boy, that's so much fucking money. That's a lot of money. It's almost as much as Elon paid for Twitter. Just shy. Yeah, That's one 40. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you're one Twitter is worth. billion or about one Twitter? <laughs> yeah, that's that's our current unit of measure. We're going to call it a... As crow flies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to go one Twitter as far as the as far as far that goes. If... Damn it, Bobby, don't enter your seed phase on that website. Mm-hmm. I don't care what Joseph said. That's very smart, Hank. So aside from the Do Kwan news, we also had yet another piece of NFT nonsense come up with... That's right, folks. Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, this is, already, this is amazing here on, on CoinDesk by uh, Chris, Christian, Christian Sandor. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I know. It's the S Z T really fucks you up. I, yeah. It's, I, I, it's I, just Christian. Make sure you go cross eyed. But, anyways, K Sandor. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the, the headline here <laughs> Donald Trump unveils new mugshot NFT, stirring up pr- prices for his previous NFTs. Yeah, because we covered this when it first came yeah. out. He was going to do the trading cards. That was yeah, the big thing. So, but what was really killing me here is buy enough of them, and you can get a piece of the suit. The former U.S. president oh. war when he uh, yeah. when he when he arrested in August when, when he, he arrested president yeah. war when he was arrested. <laughs> wow, someone needs yeah. to go over that a second. When he was arrested in August, was like, what is this? Like one of, like Ric Flair's robes? <laughs> yeah. So if you remember last time, they they had a really low price floor. They started at like ninety nine bucks. They had a limited number of them, you know, the yeah. usual shit. They, they only... really fucking low effort shit too. Yeah, which is what's what's to be expected. But like, there's a certain like most NFTs are bad projects. But every once in a while, you'll see one like this where you're just like, man, he just didn't. 
fucking yeah. try. The art's bad and all the everything's bad and it's supporting a bad guy and it's just kind of yeah. like everything from the top to bottom is just bullshit. It's and, piss. Yeah. According to Coindesk, Donald Trump announced a new $99 NFT collection, the Mugshot Edition. <sighs> a nod to the former U.S. president's legal troubles that stirred up prices for the non-fungible tokens he'd already issued. Those who buy 47 Trump cards, if we're doing the math here, it's $4,700. If elected next year, Trump would be the 47th U.S. president or more. We'll get to have dinner at Mar-a-Lago with the former president and, like you said, receive a piece of the suit Trump wore for his mugshot from when he was arrested in August NFT project quoting uh, quoted here in this edition some cards will even be one of ones the only one in the world while some others could even be hand signed by Donald J Trump uh, it's an NFT how is it hand signed oh yes it is a good question <laughs> I mean it's probably like hand signed in like the most like kind of trivial way where it's probably just like uh, his signature is placed on it right yeah yeah uh, <laughs> or unless there's like something where like you can because there were some mst projects where if you had something you could get something in the physical world yeah previously issued trump nfts flipped as low as one point eth right. half the two point two eth price they traded before the announcement right but floor prices then rebounded to about 1.8 eth according to data by NFT marketplace OpenSea, which we know OpenSea is full of shit to begin with. Sure, but, <laughs> but you couldn't even you couldn't even, it was not even a full two X. No, no. There's probably some guy out there being like, "I swept the floor for what here?" Yeah. So that's about three hundred bucks. Yeah. Right now, I think. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, again, uh, Nick Baker editing, Christian uh, writing. Trump held two point eight million in a in a crypto wallet as of early August. Earned from NFT sales, according to Ethics Watchdog Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. He's just waiting for Ethereum to go to 10K. <laughs> you think? You think that's... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's smart enough for that. And he's just like, what is it? I did, what? Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. Supposed to long here? I mean, sure, he might know uh, the lingo like when it comes to like real estate, but this just... I'm sure it's just kind of like he's like a... Yeah, he can get money from uh, guys that put baby batter in their pants. Yeah. <laughs> The guys that buy uh guys that buy sweatpants so you can jerk off who needs that exactly just, just put your dick over the band like everyone else buddy or through the zipper there's really no reason anyway that's disgraceful i know you've said that but again that's, just, that's, there are times when it needs must I mean, I'm, I'm literally not. different strokes on this one but <laughs> jeez we need we need to get uh Michael Hale on here for talking about advanced J.O. <laughs> techniques. The, the yeah, the forensic analysis of everyone's individual J.O. techniques. But speaking of jack-offs, yeah, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump, what a jack-off. I don't think he knows enough about this stuff. I think really this feels like some staffer who's just like... He's like, uh, we could probably make a couple mil here. Right, and two, two and a half at least, you know? Uh, fuck you, Donald Trump. <laughs> So when you sent me this, you told me uh, one red paper clip. And yeah. Didn't give me any other context. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so yeah. I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, is this like a shot doc JPEG or something? Right. Like, what's one red paper clip? And I'm just like, I'm just like thinking like some guy torturing his nuts or putting, <laughs> or he takes a paper clip or he like, he he walks up to the screen. Yeah. And he's got the divorce paperwork. <laughs> 
Okay. And on the divorce paperwork, the thing keeping it all together is one There's red one paper red. Okay. clip. Okay. And he carefully unfolds the paper clip <laughs> till it's a straight line. Uh-huh. And then he inserts it into his piss hole. Oh, he's, he's sounding with it. Yeah. 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 Like, and then he accidentally sends that to the wrong lawyer. And, Perfect. Uh, that's how it got around. That honestly um, would probably be a better that's, story. That's my mental image. Okay. That probably would be a better story than what actually happened. Now, uh, one red paper clip was a. Uh, it was a fun, goofy one. It was something that there was a website by this Canadian guy named Kyle McDonald who I was like, is that a member of Kids in the Hall? No, that's uh, <laughs> not a member because that's Scott McDonald. That's not even right. Scott Thompson. One of them's McDonald. So Kevin? Kevin McDonald. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. His whole idea was based on a childhood game that he played as a young man called Bigger Better. And the idea being that you would start with something small and that you would trade your way up to something big. Now, he didn't expect it to be a, a whole big thing. He, it was just a small blog. I think it was even like one of the, those blog spot ones. It was 2005, so I mean, that, that tracks as far as like the time goes. Here's the full story, courtesy of the archive.org link from the town of Kipling.ca. On July 12, 2005, while living in Montreal, Kyle McDonald launched an unlikely sequence of online trades which would earn both him and Kipling places in the Guinness Book of World Records. Starting with a single red paperclip, the young entrepreneur began trading up. The paperclip for a fish-shaped pen, the pen for a unique doorknob, and the doorknob for a camp stove. This he swapped for a generator, which was subsequently traded for a keg party. Ensuing trades were a snowmobile, a snowmobiling adventure to Yak, British Columbia, a cube van, a recording contract, a year's condo rental in Phoenix, Arizona, and then for a day with Alice Cooper. The entrepreneur next enranged for a double switch with actor-director Corbin Burnson, an avid collector who agreed to accept a Kiss snow globe in exchange for a role in a Hollywood movie. The movie was offered to Burt Roach, Kipling's economic development officer, who then proposed to the council that an offer be made. He traded a house at 503 Main Street in exchange for the movie role. That final trade, July 12, 2006, exactly one year after Kyle McDonald had begun his world record trade sequence with a single red paperclip. The house itself referred to as the red paperclip house. Kipling also erected the world's largest red paperclip, which was unveiled a year after that, July 12th, 2007. All of this was documented, by the way, not just by the city of Kipling here in this article, but also Kyle McDonald uh, went on to do, you know, TED Talks and whatnots, but he also did a website. And the follow-up, what if you could trade money for sex? Yeah. <laughs> God damn, he's, got, he's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Man's a genius. It does feel like at some point there there must have been some offer made to like bone down somebody and you're like, I'm not taking that offer. I'm looking for something better. It's still up. You can still go there. One red paperclip.blogspot.com. Feels like or something Orson Welles would have done. What if I told you I could take one paperclip? Yeah. Yeah. I could make the world spin. So his goal was he's gonna do a continuous chain of uptrades until he gets a house or an island or a house on an island. He got a call from somebody in Vancouver. Here, we'll do the fish pen. I'm pumped on having the pen, but in the name of the game, it's got to go. 
Not a bad pen. The pen looks like a, a sturgeon. Yeah. It's a nice little pen. It's not too bad. Uh, but yeah, just it's a series of, of trades, and I'm really most interested in the one that wound up with a day to hang out with Alice Cooper. That's the one. I'm, I'm going to click through a couple of these because the fish pen. One doorknob? Yeah, that was the doorknob. Okay, so they went down to Seattle to get this doorknob that looks like a dude's face. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Amazing. All right. It's just a, a, a goo. It's like that Nirvana shirt where it's just like the goofy smiley face. Okay, this is when he really starts getting into the whole blogging part of it because it's just a lot of text. It's a lot of text. But yeah, apparently this guy in Massachusetts was a Craigslist personality. Sean is a legend. He traded a used laptop bought for 500 at Best Buy for his 1993 Chevy Blazer. So apparently these trading guys like know each other and kind of talk to each other. He was nice enough to up the ante and hook him up with a barbecue, a little Coleman a camping barbecue. You're familiar with these. Have a little gas can on the side there. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real nice little item. Not bad. We're only three trades in. Uh, everyone's uh, middle-aged parents have that in their basement. This exact Coleman. Exactly. Used it exactly I, twice. Yep. And it's like, you know, <clears throat> fuck this camping shit. Yeah. I think I still have mine, though. So, I, yeah, I, I had that exact same one. So, yeah, let's see here. He went to the Camp Pendleton Marine Corps base between L.A. and San Diego near the Dolly Partons on I-5 to meet David, the first sergeant to get in on the training base. So he was invited onto a military base, and he got a generator for that camping stove. That was a... It's, uh, it's not bad. I mean, it's a, it's a Honda generator. Yeah. Pretty decent-looking condition, again, the 2005. Here we go. One instant party. Marson gave me an offer for the red generator I couldn't refuse. One beer keg... One neon Budweiser sign and one IOU for a keg's worth of beer. <laughs> An IOU for a, for a, a keg's worth of beer? You better be including that beer if I'm giving you a generator. Come on, man. I, I, I guess it's just so like here, cash this in when you need me to drop it off. I guess. Yeah, he said he said a major precedent for all future trades. He traded an IOU. Worth exactly one keg of beer. That means whoever gets one instant party will have the keg filled with the beer of their choice, courtesy of Marson. An IOU for beer is a liquid asset on so many <laughs> levels. Yeah, all right, all right. Okay, before anyone out there says it, this is what I was saying earlier. I'll say it myself. The items that make up one instant party are probably not worth as much as one red generator. Marson got an awesome deal. But remember, this is not eBay. I'm not here to sell. I'm here to barter. And fun is priceless. So he spray painted the keg red. Hmm. And the big sign that just says IOU keg full of beer. And then moved on. Oh no. Another night after I realized the red gender was confiscated by the fire department in New York, I had a revelation. Oh wow. I fully expected I was going to be hit with a $500 NYC bylaw fine for a serious offense like causing a fire hazard. Uh, the generator was not an asset, it was a liability. And then he goes on to define paradigm shift. Great. I don't know what paradigm shift is. Just, he, he starts to really, really write. He's liking the words. Oh, yeah. So what the fuck did he do with the generator? Did he like, turn it on inside a hotel? He must have done something really stupid with it. Yeah, because it wound up getting confiscated. But uh, it was out of his possession at the time. So I think, I think the trade was still legit. Yeah, so he traded the one instant party for a snowmobile. You got an offer from Michel Barrett. Apparently, he was a, f a famous guy in Quebec. Oh. So, yeah, he was a, a host of a talk show in Montreal. 
Turned out he was on the air right then. Turned out I called him up right away and accepted the trade. Turned out when he came back on the air after the commercial break, he talked about the project and announced to all of Montreal that he just made a trade with the paperclip guy. So then this is where it really starts to pick up because then he gets the CBC, of course, the National uh, Canada Broadcasting Company, Global TV. That's another uh, Canada-based broadcaster. He starts getting things with CNN. And yeah, all for this uh, snowmobile. If you're from Quebec, if you're in Montreal, nice thing to have. We'll ski do snowmobile. Yeah. Not too bad. Looks looks nice. It's a Mach 1. Pretty good. Uh, God, gosh, you just got a couple Molsons on there. And, oh, uh, sure. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I imagine after you got the press, it's going to be... Uh, a lot easier. Yeah. So he traded the snowmobile for a trip to Yak. Yak is a, uh, a place in British Columbia. I, I've heard. You've heard? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dear citizens of Yak, on December 5th, 2005, CBC anchorman and body piercing fanatic George Strombomba. I don't even know how to say that name. That's Strom- not Stephanopoulos. That's Strom- Strombolopoulos. That is like the most Polish name I've ever heard. George Strombolopoulos. God, I don't even let that man near a light bulb. No. For. <laughs> He said uh, he was asked if there was any place I would not go to make a trade. For some strange reason, I told him I would go anywhere on earth to make a trade except Yak, British Columbia. Don't get mad at me for this. Get mad at the presenter. Why? I think he hypnotized me with a double way. Okay, so he's basically riffing on the fact that despite saying he would not go to Yak, British Columbia, that was what he was offered Uh on his next trade. So he then took the snowmobile up to Yak. Traded that trip for a Cintas cube van. <laughs> cube van is a moving van. It's a big, it's a, it's a van. Uh, 1995. Okay, 203,688 miles. That's not too bad. 7.3 liter diesel. The box is 16 feet. Okay. Yeah. There's worse moves you can make. I mean, really. It's a pretty useful thing. He decided that he was going to trade that in. For a recording contract, 30 hours of recording time, 50 hours of mixing and post, transportation to slash from Toronto from anywhere in the world, accommodations in Toronto, and your album will be pitched to executives at Sony BMG and XM Radio, which 2005 is still relatively new. Yeah, he had to sign a contract. Let's see here. March 2006, which is where they were at this point. Okay, so they traded the recording contract for a year in Phoenix. A year of free rent in the heart of downtown Phoenix. A round-trip airfare 4-2 from any major airport in North America. Nice little apartment building. Nice little place. Yeah. It looks like a duplex, but yeah, I mean, it's got a fireplace and a kitchen. And... Yeah, it doesn't seem too bad. Yeah. I say, did I stay in Phoenix for a year or trade it away? Click here to find out. Oh, boy, Brian, what do you think he did with it? He got a gun. <laughs> that's how he got... Whoa! So that's how he got the the, the, the afternoon with Alice Cooper. He traded it for a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it was an M60. The person who lives on the other half of Jody Nat's duplex in Phoenix is Leslie. Leslie works at Alice Cooper's restaurant in Phoenix, Alice Cooperstown. Okay. She asked Alice Cooper if he would help her get rent free for one year. She told him her idea. Alice Cooper listened. He was honored to help out and jumped at the chance. This is how it played out. Alice Cooper agreed to spend the afternoon with the fans so that Leslie can get one year of free rent. 
So, One Afternoon with Alice Cooper includes One Afternoon with Alice Cooper. <laughs> uh, uh, one of a variety of activities, golfing, sw- songwriting, jamming, hanging out, dining, Alice's courtesy laughs at your clever, we're not worthy, sky's the limit. Here, Here's Alice at the uh, Cooperstown in Phoenix. But hey, he got her a, f- a year of free rent. Oh yeah, and there's the, a mock-up of Alice Cooper holding the big red paperclip on stage with, <laughs> with Kyle. That's pretty awesome, oh, that's actually. A, that's a great picture. I love that. That's great. Thanks to the combined force of a packed Fargo house and Alice Cooper for making one red paperclip rock harder than any of us ever imagined. A balloon was filled with blood. It exploded all over the crowd. I never saw it coming. I then got hosed off stage by a giant stream of blood. The giant red paperclip got ripped to shreds by the crowd. 2020 from ABC caught the whole thing on tape. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's there he is, cool. uh, covered, in, covered in fake blood, being strangled backstage by Alice Cooper. <laughs> it's an afternoon with Alice Cooper. You've already hung out with him at the show, I guess, but he says, uh, he traded for one kiss snow globe. Mark Herman of Villa Hills, Kentucky. Greater Cincinnati is the lucky dude who now has one afternoon with Alice Cooper. Mark's an awesome guy who was realizing his dream of becoming a rock and roll photographer. Interesting. He's a huge Alice Cooper fan and an encyclopedia. I photographed Alice Cooper. He was really fun. Oh, I'm sure. I really, I mean, it was just, it was just like, I was fucking Alice Cooper. And like, yeah. Too many guys playing guitar, but whatever. It's right. Alice fucking Cooper. I think it was Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, nice. Or Deep Purple. One of the two, sure. I think it was Deep Purple was the other band on this tour. Yeah. Deep Purple was the Rod Stewart joke from uh, South Park, basically. I don't remember that. You don't remember? It's the, the Y2K episode where it's just like the, the corniest is, it's hey, Roy, it's Rob Stewart. It's just like the old guys uh, poop them. Oh, okay, okay, you okay. So the, no, I don't. I don't remember that one at all. Jeez, it's, it's been a long. Well, I, I, again, my my relationship with South Park is tenuous at best. But yeah, they were just old and out of it, huh? I, just, I pooped them. I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent. Oh, please here, go ahead. Being in the faux pit, sometimes you can hear instruments, particularly guitar and bass, mm-hmm. outside of the the mix. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I just remember the bass player. I got to hear his raw bass sound before it went through the PA. <laughs> oh, boy. And it was one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Just oh, like no. lifeless. And it was like one of those things where, like, is there a doubling track going on or something? Like, <laughs> is this not going to, through the house mix? They is might have there, had something to sweeten it. Yeah, or there's somebody behind just, the stage. It just sounded yeah. like, bruh, bruh, <laughs> bruh. And I knew someone that was also in, like, they call the orchestra pit mm-hmm, at, at mm-hmm. the venue, Riverport. It was there, and he was like, yeah, I was, like, right behind you. I saw you. And, like, yes, we could also hear, like, the raw bass before it went through the house mix. Okay. It also sounded like a diaper getting stepped on. I'm so like, it wasn't you. It wasn't yeah, just no, you. Yeah, no, it was just one yeah. of those things where, like, wow, I mean, rock and roll is dead. <laughs> well, if you're that old, I mean, Jesus. But so he traded this afternoon with Alice Cooper for <sighs> a motorized kiss snow globe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that came to be. I know it was the photographer who wanted the who really wanted the afternoon with with Alice Cooper, and and that was all the photographer had to give him. Then, from the Kiss Snow Globe, another gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, AK forty seven this time. Corbin Burnson traded for the Kiss Snow Globe a role in a movie. So apparently, this is something I didn't know until just today. Apparently, Corbin Burnson happens to have a very large snow globe collection. 
And this Kiss Snow Globe was something that he wanted. So <laughs> he traded away a movie role which was listed as one paid credited speaking role in a film by Public Media Works, room and board during filming, return airfare, a high five from me, and if you're lucky, Corbin Bernson himself. Let's see here. I will take a picture that includes Corbin, myself, and the Kiss Snow Globe. I will then make hundreds of copies of these pictures. These pictures will be individually autographed by myself, Corbin Bernson, and the Kiss Snow Globe. Not sure how the Kiss Snow Globe is going to autograph the picture. There's only one way to get your hands on the photograph. This was a thing you could do. You could send a letter to the Corbin Burnson Kiss Snow Globe Army World Headquarters in California. As as amazing. As of November 4th, 2010, yeah. the deal is still active. I don't think it's still going. Four or five years later, they still had it on these amazing. photos. All right. So then uh, from that film role that he, he got from Corbin Burnson. He got the house. He got the house oh in Kipling, What's Saskatchewan. What's the deal with fucking dogs? <laughs> Uh, 503 Main Street, Kipling, Saskatchewan, Canada. They gave him a house. Lovely. The trade offer went something like this, and this is a quote from that. Kyle, the town of Kipling, Saskatchewan, wants to complete your quest for a house. The mayor and town council, with the support of the employees and residents of the town of Kipling, have an offer for you. We know you'll say yes. And here it is. It's a a really decent-looking little white house. As a new resident, you'll receive a community welcome package. Okay. $200 in Kipling cash. This cash can be spent at any local chamber of commerce business. A key to the town. Honorary mayor for a day. Honorary lifelong citizen of the town. The day we make the trade will be decreed one red paperclip day by the town council. And everyone will be encouraged to wear a red paperclip in honor of your achievements. We will build the world's largest red paperclip in dedication to you. And most importantly, we will trade to you a house. So built in the 20s, recently renovated. 1,100 square feet, two floors, three bedrooms, one and a half bath, kitchen, living room, dining room. Okay, new roof. Yeah. Okay. Quite psych. Yeah. Pretty nice. Oh, oh, there, Boyle. It sounds like you got yourself a house, there, eh? <laughs> exactly. Kipling set up American, st- American Idol style auditions for the role in the film. A guy named Nolan Hubbard was the lucky winner. Dom and I moved into the house over Labor Day weekend. And the town of Kipling threw, quote, Saskatchewan's biggest housewarming party ever. 11 of the 14 people he traded with made it to Kipling and 3,500 other friends, family, strangers, and new friends. And here's some more pictures of that. And that led to uh, the, the rest of it. He wrote a book called uh, One Red Paper Clipper. He tries to tell people, you know, uh, it is still available in paperback. Huh. Uh, Amazon apparently wants me to, to do a capture to prove that I'm not some sort of robot. So, okay. But uh, <laughs> well, we've, had, we've had a lot of bot activity on, yeah, this on, the, on the one red paper clip. Apparently, I don't know if this is still an active phone number, but apparently he does have his phone number on this website. Uh, if you want to shoot a message there, it is still one red paper clip.blogspot.com. An inspiring little story. This is one of those early internet things. I always thought it was older than this, but. Yeah, it's because it. I mean, it's about like, the same age as p- 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 Power Book. That's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, the the paperbacks are going for uh, ten bucks. Okay, new. That's not bad. How how many pages is that? Three hundred ten pages. That's a pretty beefy paperback. And it's in English. And the publication date was <laughs> August twenty first, two thousand seven. Okay, so about a okay, so about a year after yeah. he got the house. Okay, it was 
living living high on the hog of the red paper clip. Oh yeah, being treated well by the town of uh, Kipling, Saskatchewan. I really think that, that like what he said, like once he got the generator or the instant party, I can't remember, but once he got the <laughs> the CBC and all these other press outlets in on it, yeah. that's when it really snowballed for him. Yeah, he he got a little push there, which is fine. I mean, I I think people wanted to see him get there. Again, that's perfectly that's perfectly fine with me. And even the town of Kipling mm-hmm. has a giant red uh, oh, yeah. paperclip sculpture, which uh. again also pretty. You know what? Like, you know, I'm not always a cynical asshole looking at rain on someone's parade. <laughs> like that's pretty neat. Yeah. About a year after he moved in, that's when they they got the paperclip sculpture there, and uh, and then apparently there was someone who tried to replicate this in 2020. So Kathy Free, writing for the Washington Post. A guy once swapped a paperclip to get a house. This woman is trying to do the same. And we're not going to pay the readers. No, article. no. Hold on. Give me, give me two seconds. Demi Skipper. She stumbled upon Kyle McDonald's TED Talk, where he did uh, talk about the, the red paperclip. So then she was like, okay, well, what, what am I going to do? So she settled on a bobby pin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then she posted a video to TikTok. Thousands of people saw it. Bobby Pin went for a pair of pink earrings for a woman in Atlanta. She traded the earrings for a set of four margarita glasses, margarita glasses for a vacuum cleaner. Trade-ups included a snowboard, an Xbox, a camera, designer Nikes, an iPhone 11, a 2008 Dodge Caravan minivan, a skateboard, an electric bike food cart. The couple with the minivan drove from Minnesota to make the trade because they were so bored in quarantine, said Skipper. Adding that the minivan had some mechanical problems. <laughs> really? Really? Hold on now. <laughs> a minivan that you're trading for an iPhone has some problems. Uh, Weird. Well, <laughs> if the uh, iPhone smells of urine because it's been dropped in the toilet. See? See, we don't know the, the full thing here. Maybe we the really iPhone was already compromised. I would imagine. I think the last thing she traded for was... Oh, so, yeah, someone offered me a commercial size donut machine she said all i i have to say i was tempted i would love to have a lifetime supply of donuts the last we heard from her august of 2020 she was in possession of the electric bike cart and that's apparently where it ended for because i haven't seen anything else about about this young lady but yeah someone was inspired by this a couple years later and uh tried to make it a thing i wonder if that thing kind of thing could happen on such a big scale because i feel like now that it's been done that people might not cotton to it right you know? right uh, there's not the same enthusiasm i think uh, you know the fact that she was able to trade make the trades that she has i think is impressive yeah like that's actually pretty like it's at least you know uh like seems like a very creative endeavor and it seems like the sort of thing that yeah someone would do during quarantine right because boy that was fucking boring there were some definitely some dark days and, and you were looking for any old thing to do and that was it so if you have a chance, TEDx Vienna did post the uh, the TED Talk. It's about 13 minutes long. Not really a lot that we haven't already covered, but there is a bit towards the end, I'm trying to find it, where they did the auditions for the Corbin Burnson movie. So yeah, he parlayed it into this kind of aspirational uh, uh, get up and do something kind of uh, yeah. uh, positive core thing. Earth sandwich. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Cheesy, but you know what? It's it's wholesome. Yeah, That's it's, the thing. It's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's, it gives you some warm fuzzies and a creative thing. And 
it seems like a really interesting journey. And I imagine the book isn't like a terrible read. Like, no. I, I, unless, unless he really sucks at writing. But, <laughs> but I, but, That's entirely but, possible. But I mean, just, just kind of skimming through everything he put on the, the old site. I mean, yeah. it looks like he at least knows how to write a narrative. And keep it going. So, and I think part of that just kind of came with, oh, well, I got to write something now that I've got all these eyes on this thing. Yeah, oh. the best way to write is to uh, to learn under duress. Exactly. All right, Brian, you ready to see something gross? And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock JPG. What we got? Is it what? <laughs> One girl, one paperclip? No. <laughs> Close. One girl, one knife, Brian. Uh, this courtesy of our good friends over at ShockSites.net. One girl, one knife. And I still, their whole house style in, in making like what looks like either emojis or the uh, that Memphis art style for these shock sites is still amusing to me. Is there's like a, a girl all bundled up and she's a happy thing. And then there's plus and then what looks like uh, Rambo's knife. You know, this big fucking knife. Amazing, and the site is is really just a twenty five second video of a of a woman uh, diddling herself with a with a, a steak knife, kind of like the knife you use to cut bread. Yeah, you're right. It is the longer one with the serrated edge, and that's the part that I'm like, oh, uh, she's getting really yeah, she's going almost deep. to the hilt. Yeah, which is again, it's a long knife. It's not you know, and I'm not seeing any blood, so it's unsettling. It's not super gross, but it's just like. You flinch inside, I guess. So that's what I'm doing. Is I'm doing this like unintentional, cr- like I'm cringing. I just have so many questions. questions. Yeah, it's gross, sure, but what led us here? Like, yeah, I'm not sure. According to the site itself, their description is: "Welcome to One Girl and One Knife." While we personally do not find this one to be too shocking, X and then in parentheses Twitter has blown up over the past 24 hours with everyone talking about the knife video. So we figured we'd give it a permanent home. So yes, this did come up recently. This is a relatively new site. Shocksites.net was really fast in getting this one up. Yeah, it was this video being passed around Twitter. It was, I can't even really tell from this angle because it's shot, you can really only see the the, the top of her thigh, the exposed uh, knife, the the genitals there. And then like the top of the seat she's sitting on, I realized I was way too far back from the microphone. Couldn't hear me. <sighs> yeah, it's one Cut, of those cutting the bread. Yeah, yes, uh, yes, new euphemism. That's a new one. Yeah, I think we should. Think we yeah, because yeah, I mean, if you're gonna fuck yourself with a knife, I would think you'd go handle first. You think? Just thinking. You know, just thinking. But you know what? The world is all about subverting your expectations. That's true. That's very true. What if the movie Super Eight? Yeah, was about this. Like instead of like a monster, okay, okay. it's just a person inserting a knife into their <laughs> channel. <laughs> well, the second act would be a little weird, I think. It'd be when a little weird. The government the, finds the, out the, about the, the footage. The gentle mutilation cave. Yeah, we <laughs> thought this was in Botswana. We were wrong the entire time. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that movie in so long. God damn. I only ever think about that movie because I remember people trying to hype it up as being like, really? "Oh, it's like an old school." Like monster movie, and I finally like it was on like Netflix or something. I watched it. I'm like, man, this is just really the definition of like it ain't bad. Yeah, it was a mid period Spielberg flick. It wasn't like a monster movie. That's why I think people really missed the mark on it because it felt like you know somewhere between like Close Encounters and 
E.T. And there was a little bit of like maybe something from some other director who was maybe more into gross shit, but like it was way safer and way more kid friendly. It felt like what was that other movie? Midnight Special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it had that like we're trying to get the Amblin Entertainment vibe going. Mm. Anyway. I get what you're saying. Super eight. No. More like uh <laughs> super lame. Super not great. Or uh <laughs> Super gay. Hey! <laughs> Indeed. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, or super bad. Hey! Uh, it's a movie. Yeah, it certainly is a movie. I don't know if it's aged all that well, though. I haven't watched super it recently. Super bad? I haven't watched it recently, so I, I wouldn't... I, I, wouldn't I, I, have a really, I have a really soft spot for that movie. I got to see yeah. a pre-screener like on a first date with someone. And, okay. Uh, I thought, I was like, wow, this movie's great. Like, you know, I Michael Sarah was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. I mean, I just, the Jonas Hill movie is fucking period blood. Yeah, yeah, which is a, an all-timer as far as like, oh, that's gross, but also funny. Yeah. It felt like a Fairly Brothers movie. High school era, something about Mary. That's how I felt. It was like, because yeah. there was gross shit, and it was kind of funny. And it was well, just... like, uh, Seth Rogen was co-writer on it. Him and Bill Hader. That feels right. And yeah. I, don't know, I just think, I think there's just, I mean, there's also just lots of people in that movie that went on to like have oh know, yeah great careers and uh, Emma Stone Emma Stone yeah I was gonna say uh, the McLovin guy you know who, Mince Plus yeah. yeah who's apparently just does a ton of voiceover work good for him that's good work if you can get it and you know people people are gonna hire you again and again and again once once you got a bit of a yeah rep. I thought I mean, it was good in Role Models and mm, I don't oh think, yeah 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 I don't think Role Models was a bad movie Role Models was fine the weak link was Sean William Scott yeah. I mean, isn't he always uh kind of? Yeah. I always felt that way about the American Pie stuff. I always felt he was the weak link in those. I was just like I always felt like Sean William Scott's just kinda like, Oh, you couldn't get Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> or like if you if you got somebody like Paul Rudd or Jason Biggs, you'd be like, Well, you have to bring along my dopey friend here. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he's my ride. Right. <laughs> Anyway, it's time for the breath mint. It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. All right, so this week I had a couple of things on my list here. I finally saw Oppenheimer. Good job. Yeah. And boy, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't expect I wasn't going to. Obviously, I know it's a Nolan movie. You know, you got Cillian Murphy in it. Uh, you got uh, Florence Poe in it. But then I didn't realize how stacked the cast actually was because those two were the only names I really heard about in the like yeah. lead up to the movie. I didn't know there was a, a, an extended Matt Damon thing. I didn't know that Robert Downey Jr. was in it. I didn't know all this. Like none of the press had any of these guys in it. Yeah. Um, none of the press. Well, even... I mean, there wasn't a lot of press because I believe the strike was on oh. or about to start. Okay. That would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Nobody even mentioned that my single favorite character actor of all time is in the movie as Truman, uh, Gary Oldman. Oh, yeah. Gary Oldman's my dog. I will watch anything with him in it. It's him and Jesse Plemons nowadays. I'll just, anything that either sure. of them are in. And so, yeah, oh, boy. Oh, jeez, Mr. White. You really got to be jacking <laughs> off my dick like that? I will give you that his role in Breaking Bad is not the best role in the show. What do you mean? I will give we... you that. But, like, I'm, I'm very excited to see this thing that Alex Garland's coming out with called Civil War. He's one of the soldiers in it, and he was great in that. What do you mean thing. we need to make America great again, Mr. White? <laughs> and he was great in that Black Wait, Mirror. The, the South Horizon. Episode. What do you mean? I think my uncle has been talking about that. I can hook you guys up, Mr. White. 
<laughs> and I like to mend that uh, thinking of ending things. Anyway, Jesse Plemons, what a, what an interesting actor. But uh, a man who looks like he's only suffering from botulism. A man who looks like a really like if Matt Damon got stung by a bee. I think is what <laughs> he, he looks like. Jesse Plemons looks like someone's always shining a flashlight in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other character actor that could have been in Oppenheimer th- that would have just like made it the trifecta for me would have been like Paul Giamatti. And I'm like, okay, well, this is it. But uh, boy, what a what a flick! Three hours long, and it doesn't feel it. Bo was afraid. I had that like mid, like three quarters of the way through the movie. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to wear out a little bit. I didn't have that problem with Oppenheimer, and I think it's because, like you mentioned when you talked about it when when, when it first came out, it keeps going from set piece to set piece in a way it's got this energy that just keeps it moving and there's yeah, something about kinetic. it yeah and even the slower moments which are supposed to be real character based there's still always something looming or there's a there's something happening either in the background or or even just between the characters that feels like okay this is something's going to happen here yeah i really liked the brief Florence Poe uh, performance in that. She's not in it for long, but no. she's really, I mean, from the second she, she appears though, she really electric. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think for me, I think that's when the movie actually starts to move. Cause yeah, I think until that party scene, I'm, I really spent a lot of time trying to be like, what the, f- okay, where is this going? Yeah. And I, it, I, I think true. that is the biggest flaw of the movie is that it takes probably I want to say about 30 or 40 minutes to actually establish some sort of thesis. Like the first 30 or 40 minutes do kind of feel like a bad Sonic Youth music video. (laughs) Yeah, there's some, I mean, there's some little funky, uh, it's Adams and he's uh, sitting in his bed and watching the rain and like, okay, all right, I get it. He's talking about, you know, the universe or whatever. But yeah, you're right. Once once the communism subplot starts kicking in, once you meet Gene, once you, and then once you also meet Kitty, and you have these, okay, what, you know, Emily Blunt, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, yeah, she's great. Cavalcade is started. All the stars were there. I really enjoyed that. I kind of thought some of the. The ice- guy from The Boys is there? The guy who plays Huey? Yes. Okay. I think I was, he has like two lines. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. The f- face really stuck out. You're right. Yeah, just a lot of character actors in that. What a good little flick. You think for the first two hours, okay, this whole movie's going to culminate in the Trinity test, and that's going to be cut to black in a movie. Sure. And then the Trinity test happens two hours into the movie, and you're like, oh, okay. What What's happening now? And what's happening now is the literal fallout. The blowback. From that decision and from that all that work that they did. The movie gives itself room so you can see Oppenheimer's life and how it affected him. This not only the test itself, but like the government being like, "Yeah, we're we don't have any more use for you. You're good." Yeah, uh, <laughs> boy, and Robert Downey Jr. Fucking a man! Like mm-hmm. he really what a rap bastard. I know, and he plays it so well. It feels very real. And poof. anyway, enjoyed Oppenheimer so much. Definitely putting that on my my top five for this year. It's just it's right up there. And then I uh, another one of my uh, breathments this week was a free PS Plus game. I think it's the only way I would probably play a new Call of Duty game. <laughs> yeah, it was 2020 is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Three titles. We're gonna need you to teabag the commies. Here. 
you're not that far off either. Uh, I didn't even bother with the campaign. I just go straight to the multiplayer because that's that's where the meat is, honestly, with these games. There's there's no reason to play a Call of Duty campaign anymore. It's just... I think the last Call of Duty game I bought, I've only bought two. Okay. I think the first, it was the first Modern Warfare and Infinite. Okay. Or Infinity. I think it's Infinite. The one that had Jon Snow as like the bad guy. It's like the one that's like the near oh, wow. future. Yeah. It's not the one with Kevin Spacey. No. Um, oh. Trying to find the perfect... Infinite Warfare? No. Infinite Warfare. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Infinite Warfare. There you yeah. Go. Just trying to think of like Kevin Spacey, like, like, uh, <laughs> trying to find the, 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 using government money to find the, to make the ultimate twink <laughs> to assault and then have murdered with uh, vehicular manslaughter. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, twink death, but the video game. Yeah. Twink. That was, uh, Jesus. Press, press F to, to pay respects <laughs> to dead twink. <laughs> you can't see it folks but i got my hands in salute god the full title call of duty black ops cold war because it, it's it's not black ops 4 it is a sub black ops game called cold war I fuck if heard, i know that i heard the that. campaign actually isn't terrible i don't know didn't play it don't care <laughs> I, I think I, it's one of those things. Like, wow, these are just some really transparent. They have like Oliver North, yeah, uh, consulting on these games, or at least on at least that one. And like, so I mean, the politics of it. I mean, the politics of every Call of Duty game. I was going to say since yeah, they've been modernized since yeah. Modern Warfare has always been incredibly sus, to say the least. Yeah, yeah but apparently the the CG uh, Reagan looked really good. I don't just based on the trailers I saw, but uh, the multiplayer is it's Call of Duty. Or, that's it's just it's Call of Duty. It's fine. Uh, we need you to get Mel Gear. <laughs> you take you to Zanzibar land. <laughs> I don't really have that good of a Ronald Reagan. <laughs> it's fine. It works for me. I'll take it. You want my wife to suck your dick? Oh Jesus! More than anything. Anyway, <laughs> God, the throat, the original the throat, throat goat. goat. Yeah, yeah. she was waiting for Kissinger. He's warming it up for you, baby. Uh, <laughs> the last thing. There's not so much teeth now. You're getting sloppy. Uh, so the last thing on my list. Where's the grapefruit? <laughs> I got to include oh, the sound and... of the grapefruit trick now. <laughs> you, you remember when that was? God, yeah. People would pass that around and like, check this out. I don't need a grapefruit on my junk. No, that seems like a recipe for disaster. I can't with the medicine I take. I also can't have grapefruit. Well, that's so I don't true. think you can put. I can't put it on. Oh my wow, deal. yeah, you would. Yeah, you. I, I wouldn't. The yeah. last. I'm gonna get to this. I swear to God. The last thing on my breath is party down. Have you ever saw the show Party Down? But it was a um, weird, scrappy little ensemble comedy. Rob Thomas, the guy who wrote Veronica Mars, put it together with a bunch of friends of his, and not the guy from Matchbox Twenty. Nope, different guy. And uh, he wrote Veronica Mars and a. Couple I of... want you to party down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I will. And I will. So you. <laughs> So you had Adam Scott, uh, who later went on to make a big deal of Parks and Recreation. You had Jane Lynch. You had uh, a couple of the cast members from Veronica Mars. You had uh, the, the guy on Silicon Valley who plays the long-haired dude whose oh. name escapes me. But he, in this one, he plays Roman. It's the same character. He's just an asshole. Sure. He was on Freaks and Geeks, too. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, it, his name, uh, I cannot remember. He, he was a name. rabbi in uh, Dewey Cox. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes, which yes. Is, which is... 
a weird thing because I, I I had seen Dewey Cox after Silicon Valley, and I'm like, wait, is that? Uh, you've got uh, a bunch of members of the state keep showing up, but the big one is Ken Marino. He's the main guy, Ron Johnson. But yeah, it's oh Ron Johnson. Oh Ron Johnson. So they 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 run a catering company. And that's the whole show is that they go to all these different parties, which means that they can have every episode a new set of celebrity cameos. So J.K. Simmons shows up. You know, you've got just any number of of all-star people. One that really caught me off guard was they went to a porno convention and they were catering it. Mm -hmm. And who comes in but Stormy Daniels. And this is 2005. Right. People didn't necessarily know who she was. People were not so enlightened. No. (laughs) But I saw her. I was like, oh, okay. So she was on this show. The, they may have known Alexis Texas, but oh, right. Storm, yeah. Stormy Daniels? What was that? Yeah. An interesting ensemble. Season two kicks off, and then they've replaced pretty much two of the three people. So they've got someone in for Jane Lynch. That's Megan Mullally. Many know her when she toured with uh, Nick Offerman, her husband, mm-hmm. uh, or Children's Hospital. But yeah, just it's fun. It's goofy. Apparently, they just came back with a new season like the past couple of years. So it went into hiatus for like 10 years, and then... Came back with a bunch of new episodes, but I'm only season two, so it's a half-hour sitcom. There's a little bit of drama. Brilliant. Well done. Anyway, Brian, what do you got for this week? I ain't got too much this week, man. This is, this is not a big media consumption week, just working on things. And uh, I did finish Grand Theft Auto Five. Okay, what did you think? Uh, you know what? I mean, have you played it? I have played the first several missions as each character, but I haven't really gotten that far into it. Because it just, it didn't grab me. There's some stuff in there that's really fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. I think what I really missed was like the sense of challenge. Like okay. Stuff doesn't really feel too hard. Maybe I've just played too many Grand Theft Auto games and kind of know what to expect. But like a lot of the missions aren't really, they're, some can be tough, but a lot of them really are just there to move the story. Oh, so yeah, so it's more of a you're just going from A to B. You're not yeah. really you know. yeah, and I mean, there's like you're shooting up stuff, and like and some stuff can be tough if you don't make the right move, whatever. But because I still remember like the original Grand Theft Auto three and uh, Vice City and San Andreas, like having some missions that were actually kind of tough. You know, mm-hmm. follow the damn. All you had to do was follow, follow the, the damn, damn train, train CJ. CJ. Yeah, and that was tough. But I think that was partly down to the limitations of the software at the time, though. So There is a mission in Grand Theft Auto V that involves you having to jump on top of a moving train with a uh, dirt bike on some bumpy train, hmm. and it also sucks shit. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd figure they would have learned that the first time, but now here we are again. Yeah. Again, there's some stuff that's really funny. I think, again, Stephen Ogg as uh, Trevor Phillips is yeah. generally really fucking funny. He steals uh, the show. Yeah. Um, guy who plays Michael is, you know, kind of fine. Is like the, the He's the, like a Sopranos yeah. background character kind of guy. Yeah. Know? And um, Franklin, I think, is as much as there can be a heart to the story. Yeah, because he's the guy you kind of don't want to see break bad. Right. Yeah. He's he's trying his hardest to not go back to. He just wants to like get out of his situation. Right. And like his friend, um, is it Lamar? No. Lamar. Yeah. Who's great? Like the guy who plays no, 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 Lamar yeah. is great too. Like some Funny really great, yeah. some really great interactions. Um, it's a shame that you did not, you didn't make it to the end of the game because there's an interaction while driving between Lamar. And, and Franklin, after this big, crazy moment 
Lamar says something along those lines of like, you know, you can keep worshiping your white God. I'm into that shit where like there's Buffalo and stuff and I'm blowing, <laughs> blowing nuts all over the face of this little squaw. And I'm like the fuck is this? Like completely out of fucking nowhere. I love it. Really, absolutely fucking it. This is one of those things where, like, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> apparently, a lot of the dialogue between Franklin and Lamar was ab lib. Even what little I played, there's definitely you ye- get the feeling. Ye- ye- ass, yeah. Haircut felt like two real dudes just shit talking each other. The insane amount of cynicism and misogyny. Yeah. Really, I had friends who like worked in the industry who played the game because like, well, you kind of have to, it's your fucking right. homework. And just being like, if I didn't, <laughs> it's your homework. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't, if I didn't work in the industry, I don't know if I'd be playing this right now. Just like to the point where like, it just really felt so pro gamer gate edge Lord shit. Even the bits with the Michael's son, the first time you see him, he's like, come on. Dude, who's yeah. Supposed to, yeah. He's supposed to be you, the gamer playing the game and the game is making fun of you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much like well, oh, Dad's called teabagging. Yeah, yeah, okay. And also, that's very much AJ Soprano. Fuck that. It's exactly what they were doing. Don't you know? You can't yeah. bullshit me. And like his daughter, who's just like vapid, and his wife, the lady who plays his wife. Well, the weird thing is, I feel like they made her character model younger than the daughter. Like it's oh wow, oh, I, wow, I didn't think about that. They didn't hit that this woman might be like in her early forties or something. Like made her look a little too young. Okay. There's also some stuff there where they tried to like mix in some like very left of liberal like kind of woke politics. Mm-hmm. Like the military is bad, or like you know, uh, like maybe. Uh, the CIA is, you know, maybe the military aren't the CIA is bad, like kind of shit, like very yeah. South Parkish. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, this is like, uh, you're kind of taking something that sounds a little progressive, but then you're also living it background to like something Ron Paul would say. Yeah, because I think as far as I got in the game was, you're trying to stop your daughter from doing porn, mm-hmm. and then you do the mission where you are killing the CEO of the uh, Facebook type of, of company. <laughs> Like you're planning a yeah. bomb in his cell phone. Plant a bomb in his in the in the prototype cell phone, and then you call it right, and it expl- blows up his head. <laughs> Which is like, all right, interesting. I, I, I yeah. wanted to see where I, it like, went from it, there. But. It has its ups and downs. Um, the stuff that's really good is is great, and, the, and but the the lows are really low. There's yeah. some, the, there are some missions or some instances where i'm like man there this, this is just even me as a bitter fuck was like this is too much this is but this is also the same period of time they gave us like that game hatred yeah yeah that's so fair i point. mean it was very yeah. much of the zeitgeist but um i'm glad that i went through it in you know 10 years later right uh where i can almost look at like a weird artifact instead yeah. of being like oh this is what the, the culture is 100 percent right now uh, not that, that things are too far removed, but no, it's like we're not released yeah. in the exact period of time. Yeah, you have that ability to kind of divorce yourself from that moment, at least. Yeah. As far as video games, I started Remnant 2 a little bit last night. What did night. you think of Remnant 2? I'm only about like an hour in yeah. and messing around in the first dungeon. Boy, that first hour is tough. It's rough, There's yeah. some bad world building. Yeah. Like it. It's like this isn't destiny. No, and that's and that's what I thought. I kept thinking this is fucking destiny too. They're doing the destiny two intro thing. Why are but you not, doing this? But not half as good. No, 
Well, like it's a all smaller the... company, you know. It's a sure. well, actually, it's Gearbox, so maybe not. But you know, it's uh, they're they're trying something, but it just I don't think it works. But then once you get to the city and you've got all your options open, you can go anywhere. Like okay. But I also feel like there's a lot of systems that aren't really explained to you very well. No, it's very opaque. Or even like the different archetypes, the different classes you mm-hmm. can have. I didn't know half of them existed. Because you go, they have you choose one, and you're like, uh, brr, sure, the one that has the dog. Because that's, I always like to have an AI companion in a game, so I chose Handler. But then I was like, oh, fuck, I'm locked into Handler until I level it up to 10 and I can, you know, and I can swap out a different archetype. And I didn't even know how the other, I don't even know how you found the other archetypes. Apparently you got to go around to vendors and buy the, you got to buy the items. No. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, people were losing their shit when this game came out. And I see a little bit of it because, again, I'm not that far. But I'm like, okay, I can see some structure here and some verbs that I really like. But I still don't really know what the fuck I'm doing. And that's probably going to continue for a little bit. I mean, the basics of it are that you're just... Going around shooting shit, collecting items. (laughs) I mean, really, that's essentially the game. But yeah, there's that. And kind of catching up on some some music that I I know I've been uh, not paying attention to. And uh, I I decided, you know, it was a a record where I heard like one of the lead singles off of. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Cody Cruciol from... Shun directed this music video, and uh, it's a cool little song. I bet this whole record's really good. I just don't have, I don't think I have the bandwidth for something <laughs> new at this moment. And yeah, well, so, what was it? Uh, the new, uh, I don't even know how you pronounce the name of this project. Yves Tumor, okay, Yves Tumor, Y V E S T U M O R. The new album, which has a really long name, <laughs> Praise a Lord Who Choose, but which does not consume or simply hot between worlds. Okay. Which was released back in March. Uh, like I said, Koi Cuccioli, Lee Cuccioli, I don't know. He, the, from Shun, you said. From Shun, who's directed, uh, who directed, uh, I think one or two music videos from the, yeah, the, the yeah, yeah, record that everyone has already forgotten about. Yeah. Boy, that really, that really came and went like a Hallmark movie. Yep. What's the genre we're playing with with Eve's tumor? Experimental. It's got some elements of hip hop, okay. um, like indie rock. There's also some like kind of like a little bit of heavy metal ish stuff in there. Like it's really okay. just super interesting because I thought what I understood of them was that they were kind of like just someone that writes a bunch of music or performs to a bunch of music that's all entirely made like ableton okay that's what they came off as like oh this is someone that like grew up with like a shitty mpc that smells like cigarettes <laughs> and like a cracked copy of ableton I and that's like, how they a just cracked have... copy of fruity loops or whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh apparently they're a very accomplished musician lots of really cool guitar work the drums nice. on this record go way fucking harder than they need to I'm really just impressed with the production. It's just a general vibe of the record. It's been a while since I've listened to a record from front to back and just been like, oh, we're getting to the good part of the record. Oh, towards the end? or, or It's yeah. like towards the middle. Because like it starts out with uh, God is a Circle, which I feel is like a pretty strong song. And you get Lovely Sewer, which kind of, I think, stretches out a little bit. Miora Blues, which is okay i'm it's not a bad song and some it hasn't gotten me just yet mm-hmm. and there's an interlude that's kind of just a nice little thing and there's a song called parody which is one of the, i think the fourth single from this record 
that I'm really getting into. But it's like, that's like, ooh, okay, we're getting to the good party record. And then you get to, I think it was probably the most popular song off of this, which is uh, Heaven Surrounds Us Like a Hood, mm-hmm. which is just a fucking banger. That's the one that Koei directed. And then you get into Operator, which is kind of like, the production on this record is really interesting because I feel like when you go from chorus verse, chorus verse, or you know, you have bridges in there, stuff never really comes back the same. Okay. Like when you hit that second verse, like, yeah, it might be some of the same structure, but now there's something different and it's not even something like really in the foreground. Like it's just like texturally, there's something these, that... these songs keep growing yeah. and you start feeling like there's just like, something's rising yeah there's movement um, yeah, 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 yeah which a lot of music doesn't really have anymore True. yeah like it's very structured very structured very kind of sometimes flat feeling even if it is in some respect a very dynamic piece of music like it's it's i i would only say it always feels like it's been a you know focus group to death like the first song has some really interesting guitar work on there just a lot of stuff I wasn't expecting. It finishes off fine, but really that's that middle stretch of the of the album parody, Heaven Surrounds Us Like a Hood, Operator, and Spy of War. From there it just it just kinda just hits a stride. And the final song, Ebony Eye, is just got this really interesting like synth string bit in the intro slash uh, verse that just kind of gets stuck in your head. It's just a record that like, oh, I knew this was probably gonna be a fucking banger, but I didn't expect it to be like, oh, I've got to rethink like what my favorite <laughs> records of the year are okay. now. Just and lyrically very introspective and kind of like dark. Their voice is really unique, very high register. I don't know if I would say it's um what's falsetto? like a high, falsetto. I don't know if it's necessarily falsetto. But they definitely play in the higher registers. This is a really interestingly produced record. I okay, really love to listen to it on some really. I have nice speakers, but I would love to be. In like a fucking room that's got a little <laughs> bit of dampering and yeah. just pick it apart, you know? Okay. It's a record that if all you ever do is listen to it in your car or like on your phone. You're not going to get the full experience. Probably yeah. doing yourself a disservice. It really sure. feels like, and it's been a while since I've listened to a record where like, oh man, this would be so cool to like, like my, I have an aunt who is a big music nerd and mm-hmm. I'm like, I would love to take this over, like put that into her stereo and just. Okay. Uh, she would be like, this isn't fucking Ozzy. <laughs> Why are you some kind of Jones? Why are you playing this? <laughs> I haven't really heard anything this year that's that ear catching. I really like the Punk Tactics record by the guys whose names I never remember. It's something, something in Bray. Johnny, something in Bray. Yeah. They're really doing a Beastie Boys run DMC vibe. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's I, I really enjoyed the new Jeff Rosenstock. Uh, yeah. The High Viz record's pretty tight. Um, Angel Dust records fun. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there. I just one of the things I picked up this year is I feel like there's a lot of musicians who came out with just really okay records that totally are getting deep throated by the music press because because people like Pitchfork or Rolling Stone didn't think they were cool when they came out with the actual fucking mind blowing record (laughs) a couple years ago. Yeah, because I hate to say it, that new Billy Woods record is just really not that great compared to the other ones. Yeah, but but like it's like Rolling Stone's top ten, like Pitchfork's fucking. I mean, like it's dude, it's really. It's really okay. It's like that thing where an actor gives an incredibly good performance and then the Oscars give him an Oscar the next year. Right. Yeah. It's like a apology. Good. Yeah. <laughs> They're making, yeah. It's like, man. Best new music? No. Come on. Yeah. Man. I mean, the, 
the new Arm and Hammer record, which is Billy Woods and Elusive, like yeah, probably should have got best new music when it when it came out, but. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's got some cool shit on there. JPEG Mafia is on there. Um, Kenny Siegel, some other people, but it's just, I mean, it's cool. It's my fine. thing, my <laughs> thing with New York indie rap, hipster rap, conscious hip hop, is it whatever. sometimes, yeah. man, it feels like there's a test afterwards. <laughs> I think the new Aesop Rock had me feeling that way. Yeah. Really? Because sure. the, the new Aesop Rock is like, oh, this is fun. This is fun Aesop Rock. I have yeah. not felt fun Aesop rock since like bazooka, bazooka tooth. tooth yeah that's exactly and what I was uh yeah. like a a co-worker was today was like is this Aesop rock and i go one this feels like a really weird place to be working at where someone else knows, knows who Aesop rock yeah. is but i guess he, if he's going to be the guy there he's the guy and well, also uh, Aesop rock is so distinctive like just the way he sure does stuff but so. i was like talking with my brother who's the one who introduced me to Aesop rock and uh I was like, I think this is the first thing I've liked of his in almost 20 years. Fast Cars, Danger, Fire, and Knives, I think, was the last one for me. And I think that was... None Shall Pass had a couple pass. cool songs, yeah, but... Yeah. Um, well, the collab he did with, with John Darniel of Mountain Goats. Yeah, that, that yeah. was on None Shall Pass. So, yeah, that, they were right. Yeah, That's that was cool. I think if he comes through St. Louis oh, this year, this yeah, time... Because like, sure. I, think, I think ITS is... I think that record's killer. Yeah. I'm really fucking enjoying it. I mean... The dude made a compelling and fun song about the time when he was a kid. He saw Mr. T like at Pizza yeah, Hut yeah, or some shit. Yeah, I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> Other things I thought I wouldn't expect in 2023 is Dose One, Gel, and Buck 65 came out with a, the, the actual American Adonis record. Oh. And uh, for people that don't know, because they're not fucking weirdo backpacker <laughs> nerds like me, yeah. is the American Adonis was this project that Dose One of Anacon, Dose One Gel of Anacon, and Buck 65, who's Anacon affiliated, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, adjacent. Yeah. yeah. They apparently in the like late 90s did this record called American Adonis, this project, and they kind of recorded it all in like one night or one day, as the story goes. Whew. And it was one of like the early like digital hard drive uh, recorders oh, that they did no. it on. And you know where this is going? I can I just, I feel the, it in my the bones. The fucking hard drive ate yep. shit. Oh. Like because of like a power surge or something. Like the next day. And I think they I think they did a couple things as American Adonis, but like it was never the magic. And there's like there's stories of people that heard like the rough mix like the next morning. And we're like, oh, this is one of the dopest things ever recorded. Like, it was almost like kind of held like this would have changed hip hop kind oh, of wow. thing. Uh, that and kind then, of legend. All right. And then, but you can never catch that sort of lightning no, in the ball twice. No, no. Yeah. 20 some odd years later, they <laughs> finally did American Adonis, and it's okay. Like, damn. I, it's really just okay, which is weird because I think the last like real record Dose One did was with Alias. Um, which came out after Alias Pass. I think it's technically the last record that came out on Anticon, uh, Less for Orchestra, hmm. which is fucking so fucking good. One hmm. of the best records of the last uh, last decade, easily, easily, wow. easily. The the one thing I do like about the American Adonis record though is it's kind of got this vibe of like they're they're switching between radio stations, kind of like uh, okay. songs for the deaf. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, and so in between songs, there's kind of like there's some stuff that feels like it might have been like a scratch track from one of like the old the original, original sessions yeah because there's just like this one thing where it's like between a song there's a transition where it's 
Fox 65, and he's not doing the uh, the Johnny Cash of hip hop anymore. He's, <laughs> he's back in the t- nasally voice. He's not doing the Mike Ness in social distortion voice. He's not doing. <laughs> yeah, there's this like this thing of transitions. Where he's like, you know, I followed Bert and Ernie uh, into the cellar on a certain journey, and you're like, that's such like a that's such like a crappy backpacker <laughs> rhyme. I know, <laughs> and uh, like that sounds like something that like Sage Francis would be like, yo, dog, say, that's real. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Real. <laughs> uh, uh, but there's another that, one yeah. where like the 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 transition between two songs is just like them go like we're American men we like titties and car parts we're American men we like titties and car parts and I'm like that yeah I'm nodding my head here yeah I'm, I'm like I wish that was just a whole song because like that is what it means to be American man is like titties and car parts that yeah. really that yeah. I, that really sums it up yeah but again like it's it's okay. Like none yeah. of the per, none of the beats really like gel is probably one of the greatest beat makers of his time. And it's just pretty good. Like it's a damn shame. It's just fun. Like it's, it, but there's nothing like, I think other than the fact that like it actually happened. That's yeah. It's kind of like when Chinese democracy came out. The guns yeah. And um, I don't know. Buck 65 came out with super dope this year, which I think is, uh, uh, a very underrated record. Can't and say I heard that one. I think it's one of the few things I've played for my girlfriend that she's like gone on and like uh, added on her own to like a playlist because okay. we were like going somewhere. She was actually driving. I usually drive when we're hanging out. The playlist she had on like super dope. The titular song came on. I was like, oh shit. And she's like, yeah, sometimes you play shit that's good. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it, folks. You love to see it, folks. Folks, don't you? Well, that about does it for the program. Uh, we're going to tell you where to find us online. Brian, why don't you go ahead and start us off this week? Uh, www.goatsy.com. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you want to send me death threats or tell me I'm not funny, you can find me on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, which I think I only ever talk about my bowel movements on now. Oh, see, um, that's a pro follow right there. <laughs> Twitter, uh, Ishaki Debord, I-S-H-O-T-G-U-I-D-B-O-R-D. We want to check out some foes of people with their mouths open in a non-sexual manner. This ain't that kind of thing. I don't do boudoir. Would you give it for somebody paid you? I did just to say I did it and it's okay. fine. But like, I know what I look like and I used to, and, <laughs> you know, fair enough. Um, fair enough. You don't need to go any further than that. I get it. Yeah. Anytime, like when I was starting out shooting, I like do like a burlesque thing because like clown or a band oh, sure. I knew was yeah. performing. I would look at the other guys with cameras and I'd just be like, yo, this is a rough. Yeah. Rough, like, I do not want to be associated with these That's guys. That's fair. But anyway, where can they find these photos of which you speak, Brian? Oh, uh, assholemusicphotographer.com. Oh, yes. Um, if you want to see some photos with words, mm. that's over at amusicphotographer.com. Hey. If you want to check out the last only good media website in St. Louis, you can hop over to the Arts STL. Mm-hmm. Some good movie reviews from St. Louis International Film Festival going up over there. Oh, yeah, that was recently, wasn't it, Sliff? It's wild to think that, I mean, the guys that, that do it apparently have been sowing a lot of ill will over the mm. last, like, 10 or so years. Mm. But um, I think the death of the Tivoli has really... 
Well, yeah, because that's the last place I saw Slip was there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I saw Delicatessen there, which oh wow, yeah, and I saw you know like some some shorts and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think the death of the Tivoli. I mean, the Tivoli's back now, but it's owned by some cockadoo. It's not going to be the same. No, know, I, I, they're not going to do Rocky Horror. New or I mean, like oh cool, so I can't go there and see a 3D porno or Cannibal Holocaust. Arkadin might be your place, right next to Heavy Anchor. That's the that's the new uh, sleazy retro theater. That's yeah. I might do that. I, I, um, VHS night, VHS night. Yeah, I guess. I guess they're kind of taking like the moolah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's vibe. it's basically Tivoli moolah. That that's a combo space. And from what I understand, it's a nice place. So okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, I haven't been there yet either. So. Yeah. Well, I, I did like the outdoor thing for Strikers movie. Yeah. Uh, and that was really fun. And we did like this movie, this really weird animation movie. That Michael Sarah has to do sex sounds in the first five minutes Hell and then he yeah. dies. I love it. And then it's it's really one of the most aggressive <laughs> bad art styles of any movie. <laughs> I gotta look this up real quick. Crypto Zoo. I thought that was a crypto project, Crypto Zoo. I mean, I'm sure it's like something. But it's this I've uh, heard of it, at least. This movie directed by Dash Shaw. Michael Sarah's in it. No one else I think most people are gonna recognize. It's 95 minutes. It only have box office of $38,000. I thought you were going to say $38. It's rough. It has moments where it really flows and the imagery is really interesting, but it feels like a liquid television skit Yeah, that has been stretched out way too long with not enough of a budget. Fair enough. But if you need, if you absolutely positively mm-hmm. need a movie where Michael Sarah is making sex sounds... Crypto Zoo. All right. Um, anyways, the Arts STL. The Arts STL. The there's stuff on there and it's good. <laughs> I was actually talking with Jason Green. The uh, uh, you know, mess as much as talking can be like Facebook, mess uh, stats. And sure. All that, that you know all these fucking great. I don't know if I said this last week. All these great shows have got announced and like oh, yeah, not yeah. even a fucking peep from the RFT. Yeah, that is a little weird. I don't know. I, I think their editor in chief is just too busy doing weed reviews. <laughs> Not their editor in chief, but their music editor as bong slippy pants or whatever the fuck it are. Yeah. Or hashim hash hashim hash bong. Or uh, uh, weedian McGibbs. You know, uh, uh, what? God, if the, I, I feel that like legalization of marijuana was a psyops to make weed really fucking more annoying than only, or I was, was. going to say it was very annoying. It's, it's like yeah. MK Ultra, but for guys that like fucking get trash <laughs> off a two milligram fucking edible. Yeah. Anyways, Jason. Hey, Brian. Where can they find you? Hi, you can uh, send your weed reviews to me at Twitter, various other places at Video Crime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. Those other places include Blue Sky and 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 such, uh, Letterbox and uh, any place there's a video crime. Of course, it's going to be me, with the exception of Instagram and TikTok. There, I am Laser Goose CEO. You can subscribe to my Substack, golfwolfmagazine.substack.com. You can find the show itself, 48minutesdogsparking.com. Send us an email. Jason at 48minutesdogsbarking.com or Brian with a Y at 48minutesdogsbarking.com. Give us a call, 314-246-9766. That's 314-ahoy-poo. And mm-hmm. support the show, patreon.com slash 48minutesofdogs. Well, about part of the time of shit. It's about time. Part, it's about part time. <laughs> we both did it. It's, it's about it's, part time of the shit show. Where yeah. We say, uh, Tulu motherfuckers, we gotta go. 
Take a piss. Take a piss. Yeah, you gotta go shake a bush. You gotta go uh, make the blue water green. You gotta go get uh, put myself on the sex offender registry for public urination. Bye bye. Eat the knife. <laughs> what is eat the knife? I don't even.